Hello, welcome back to Of Two Minds. I'm Wally, and I'm joined here today by Mr. Patrick. Hello, Mr. Walter. Hello, Patrick. How are you? Oh, I'm great. How are you doing? Oh, another day in paradise. Oh, I, it's always just a joy to me to introduce ourselves and say hello again after we've already been talking for like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it never gets old. <laughs> no, it's kind of how it works every time, though. It's like, oh, how you doing? How's your week been? Oh, we just talked about this. <laughs> but hey, now we're doing a podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. So now we're going to talk about it a little bit more. You're right. So speaking of things we already talked about once, how was your first week of class, Mr. Almost Done with School? No, oh, I'm ready to be done. But it wasn't too bad. I think I'm going to enjoy these classes. I'm just exhausted. i got to get back in the habit of going to bed early, getting up early. It's hard whenever you're used to summer or break or whatever and then it's like hey you gotta function like an actual human and not a zombie and it's like i don't want to right like i get used to working third shift and then i just get used to staying up all night yeah you just get bad habits from your work schedule i used to do that all the time in high school and it never worked out well (laughs) so you're taking organic two and you're taking parasitic micro and you're taking Uh, pathogenic micro pathogenic micro and you're taking science, religion, poly- no, magic, science, and religion. Yep. And what's the last one? Uh, principles of evolution. Duh, I forgot that one. So <laughs> out of those four, what's your favorite? Um, I don't know yet. I mean, I'm excited, really excited for, because we haven't really gotten to too, too much just yet, but I'm, I'm really excited uh-huh. for pathogenic micro. But then I think I'm really going to enjoy this magic, science, and religion course. So, from the syllabus, what kind of stuff are you really like learning in that? Um, so far, I mean, I think a lot of it's going to be based around voodoo and witchcraft. Okay. Because this guy, he actually like he's went to Haiti for like 25 years studying voodoo and whatnot. And he's really big into it. Okay. And he's also the only professor I've ever seen with full arm sleeve tattoos. Really. Yeah, and he's got them all over his hands, all the whole way up his arms. Dude, this guy sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he is. Lie. And he, the way he's teaching is really cool, because like, he was starting to talk about like the different, like some of the competing theories between like Christianity and evolution and whatnot, and getting into some different things. Sounds like a, a well-versed guy. Oh, yeah, he seems really intelligent. Really cool guy, though. Does he have a PhD? Uh, I don't know, actually. I think he might. Like, what What did he study to get this far? Oh, he's, well, like, by trade, he's a cultural anthropologist. And that's pretty broad, so... Yeah. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Yeah, his main <laughs> interest, like I guess, little... is, like, stuff like that. Like, he likes... He really likes voodoo. That's interesting. So you're, you really like the micro class, and you really like that one. Uh, and you have two labs, right? Uh, yeah. So they switched up your chemistry lab. How do you like uh, pathogenic micro lab? What goes on in that? Well, we actually haven't had a lab yet. Because our first lab was supposed to be Tuesday, but that was the first day of class, so she didn't want to have lab before she had lecture. Uh, which makes sense. And she did go over some of the stuff we're going to be doing in lab. But like, not extreme. Yeah, like there's, there's going to be two different unknowns eventually we're going to get. The first unknown she will give to us, mm-hmm. and... Using different tests, we have to figure out what it is, and they're all—they're all going to be like pathogens, of course, like bacteria, viruses, fungi. I think mainly just fungi and bacteria, though, are what we're going to okay. focus on. Viruses are hard to work with. 
Yeah, it was about they actually have a complete class just for virology. Oh, uh, okay. But so then using different techniques and whatnot, we're gonna have to figure out what it is. And then That's the second cool. unknown is one that I don't know if I'm looking forward to. Why? Is it worse? Yeah, it's so she said, like, she made sure she told us in lecture. She's like, guess what? Nobody can say I didn't tell you. But it has to be the second unknown is going to come from a fecal sample. Mm. So you'll have to, like, separate it and analyze it yourself. Yeah, I don't know how it's going to work, though. Like, she said if we absolutely don't want to do it, we don't have to. Because mm. the fecal sample has to be our own that we work on. You serious? Yes, I mean, t part of me said that thinks like, that's really cool, like, yeah. see if there's any like, pathogens in my gut, my gastro tract. Yeah. But then another part of me is like, that's kind of gross, like, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> it is. I'm not gonna lie. I'd do it. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. I am just gonna end up sucking it up and doing it, otherwise I might end up regretting not doing it. Yeah, because who knows, you might have been able to see something, like, super, super cool. Or I might find out that I have a really deadly disease living inside me. Who knows? Or that. I mean, hopefully not that one. <laughs> no, but, hopefully not. But I mean, I don't yeah. know. I don't know the procedure yet of like how we're going to get it. Like yeah. I don't know if it's just going to be like a swab or something. Or I can't imagine us bringing a full sample into class. I feel like she'll be like, alright, get some gloves. Now go to the bathroom. <laughs> just like take a small small chunk throw it in like a plastic bag zip it and then put it in another bag and then bring it in you know <laughs> like I feel like she's gonna be like just do it real simple just you know <laughs> yeah I mean I guess I have to wait and find out but I mean I so she's like if you absolutely don't want to do that she's like I can give you another unknown to do mm. she's like but I do recommend you doing it she's like it's a good way to learn it's a good thing to do it's so part of me is like, well, it, it would be really cool. I'd do it. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Learn something about yourself, you know? Yeah, like see what bacteria is harboring inside my gut. Exactly. That's interesting stuff. It, it actually is, though. Dang. All right. So anything else new with your classes? Like anything out of the ordinary or things you love or things you hate so far? Um... I mean, the magic, science, religion, I'm pretty sure the guy's an atheist. Interesting. Well, no, I don't, I, maybe not atheist, because he really likes voodoo. Yeah. But he's for sure not Christian. Okay. Some of the so stuff pretty, he says and... So he's going to be pretty out there in the terms of, like, the regular, the regularities of religion. Oh, yeah, and he, he does not like the idea of intelligent design. Really? No, he made that perfectly clear. See, this guy is going to be interesting, but, I mean, they have to, he have to has, he has to have good qualifications to be able to teach, you know? Oh, yeah, like, I mean, he, and he wasn't, like, rude about anything he did or said, but, like, his, he was talking about, like, intelligent design, and then he showed us a photo of a rabbit, and he's like, does anyone know what rabbits do? He's like, they eat their own crap. He's like, their digestive system is not long enough to fully get all the nutrients out of the grass and the stuff they eat. He's like, so they turn around and eat their crap again to get the rest of the nutrients. He was like, he was like, who would design that? 
I mean, it's a story to tell. No, I you're not wrong that. there. <laughs> I mean, and it's something for scientists to discover. But yeah, I mean, I I don't know enough about any of that stuff to have an opinion. Like I, I try to stay away from that because I don't know. Like where I'm at with it, I don't really know how I feel or how I want to feel. You know, because I am. A decent bit religious, but I'm also a decent bit scientific, so I I try not to mix the two. Well, in put it this way, what's that? No, no, go ahead. Sorry. It, put it this way, it's I for right now, like I just say, yep, evolution is real, and that's it. Like I just leave it as that, and then whenever I have the ability to, when I have the knowledge to put more thought into it, I think I'll give it some more thought. You know. Well, from what I'm pretty sure both him and my uh, evolution professor talked about this in different in different ways, pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm. And what they said was pretty much, and it's true, they said science cannot prove nor disprove the existence of a god. Science deals solely in the natural world. But then he yeah. they also said that religion in the same hand cannot come up with a theory to explain scientific basis because science or religion deals in the supernatural mm-hmm. he's like in order to be a theory a theory has to be testable reputable and refutable he's like so he's like that's why evolution is a theory because you can test it you can refute it he's like and that's also why in the same way that god is not a theory he's like god is based on faith faith is something that people hold yeah not something you can prove See, I think that one of the biggest issues that, that you have in life with that is it's hard to separate throughout the years like true religion versus polit- like political religion. Because I've always had the issue with whenever you have great social change within a government and it's like, I don't like the Catholics anymore. Or I don't like the you know, the, the, whatever, the Spanish people, you know, their religion and all this, like, I don't like it. And they just break off and make their own thing. And it's like, well, first of all, you have the Catholics, or whoever was the party A involved, that, the Christian-based religion that was going so far into politics that it was taking over people's lives. Literally becoming more popular than some kings and stuff, or more powerful. And then you have religion B that breaks off from religion A, the Protestants or whatever, that is formed solely because they're mad at A. So neither one's correct anymore. You know? That's what I have an issue with. Like, you cannot make religions. And people have manufactured them. You know, if you want to believe in, like, in, in Jesus, fantastic. Believe in him. But don't add this other stuff that isn't real. You know? No, that's like, I have no issue with like, religion in, in itself. I have more of an issue with, like, organized religion for that exact reason. Yeah, like, I don't know. I, I like, I'm very selective with my churches. Like, I like going to very few because I like them to, I like going in ones that make me feel decent and make me feel one of, like I want to be a better person. And there's some that I go in and they just irritate me. And I, I don't stay. Like, I can't, I can't do it. But if I can go into one, like, I love the one at St. Francis. Like, I love going in there. All the priests are awesome. You know, no matter who it is, it's like, this is great. I'm going to feel good after I leave here. Even if I don't pay attention or if I do pay attention, 
if I just sit here and listen to the music, like, it doesn't matter. With some of them, I'm like, they want money, they're yelling at me because, um, you know, I don't come, like, every day, they're calling people names, and it's like, I, I'm done, you know? <laughs> yeah, I feel like, like that's I'm just gonna... perverting the faith. Yeah, and, like, I don't know, I just had that big issue, and I've always had that issue, maybe that could be a topic for another podcast, but... No, we could have a whole, whole podcast on that. There, when you're ready to study for your final, you can study it on here. <laughs> and you can That's teach everything idea. to me and our listeners, and we'll be learned. <laughs> yeah, like, even though I'm, I'm an atheist, doesn't mean I hate religion. Like, I love learning mm -hmm. about religion. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I'm, I go to a Catholic school that is, like, pours millions of dollars into their science. So... You know, I'm kind of on the bridge of, like, both right now. And see, there's, there's no reason that both can't coexist. No, and, and, and you can you don't have to, and you can use one to help the other, and, and one to help explain the other. I mean, there are things that science can't explain, whether they're religious-related or not, or, you know, theoretical or, you know, theological, that's yet to be determined. And then there are things that the religion can't explain that science can't, and... Sometimes you need both. And, you know, there, there's a such thing as, you know, what is chemical and what is ethical? You know, is it doing a good thing for somebody, helping them out in need? Is that purely doing it because your brain thinks you are a good person for doing it? Or are you doing it because it's a good thing to do, you know, like... Without that, people might do less good things. You know? No, you're not wrong. Like, I tell people that sometimes. I'm like, well, look, you know, if you, even if you don't totally know what you believe in, or you don't like religion, at least follow some of the just, like, the rock-hard commandments. Like, don't kill people, and, you know, don't cheat on your wife, and whatever is real, you're set, you know? Like, it doesn't matter if your idea of heaven is completely off, or if it is something out of the ordinary, or if it's just that last shot of DMT and it's it's nothing. You know, whatever it is, you're prepared because you were a good person. Exactly. Like, I feel like even if you're you an know? atheist, if you're a good person and God does exist, why would he punish you? No, yeah. I mean, if you're out there <laughs> literally burning people at the stake because they believe different than you... <laughs> Whatever is real isn't going to like you, you know? <laughs> no, even if you do it in their name, they're not going to like yeah. you. No, even if it, it, and that's the thing. I mean, I've heard, you know, there's been like priests that I've heard over the years that say, whatever you think is good, do it. But people will take that way too liberally and say, well, I think that I should steal. That doesn't make it okay, you know? <laughs> See, I've also, I've talked to religious people, like I called a number once because there was a billboard, mm. so I yeah. called the number. Yeah. Why not? And that <laughs> that guy told me, if you do not accept Jesus Christ as your savior, you don't get into heaven. And so I was like, well, what about the Jews? And he's like, they don't accept him as a savior, so they don't get into heaven. I was like, but the Bible literally says that they they do. So like, yeah, that's it's an stuff issue. like that. Like, <laughs> it's, it's just like, like you know, sometimes it's big force. Like it's like scare tactic. It's like you have to do this, or you're not going to get to heaven. And people are just like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like, 
I can't do this, you know? Like, I drink and I swear and I, I cheated on my wife. I, I have to do something right, you know? And they just, like, freak out, you know? Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. Anyway, we probably should digress because we're getting very off. <laughs> we tend to do that a lot. Yes, we do. Um, <laughs> Anywho. So, so, what are we talking about this week, Walter? Uh, how to do well in college, part yes. two. Yes. So, last week we kind of focused on what to major in and what to decide to do and where to go and kind of started answering some questions as in like if you if you really do want to do biology like Walter and I are doing or if you want to do something else or you know comparing it to business and chemistry and different things like that so this week we kind of want to finish up the bio talk and just say what can you do with biology like why is it useful and then we want to get into things that we use and things that we recommend to do well in college and basically just the do's and don'ts of once you get in and get accepted and, and plan on going. So yeah. Um, so what do you want to do with your biology degree once you're done, Walter? I mean, ultimately, I'd still love to work in a lab, mm -hmm. a research lab of some sort, maybe studying disease, CDC, who, it doesn't really matter, to be honest. Uh-huh. But really, right, right right now, my main goal is right after college, just getting a job. Okay. I don't care what it, if it's ecology, biology, I field biology, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like you're just you just want to get a job. I just want to get a job, get my foot in the door, and get started, and then move up, move out, something from there. See, I I I have considered that a lot too, and I think that that it's like a a good thing and a bad thing about bio is that. It's extremely, extremely general in the sciences field. I mean, you know a decent bit about chemistry, you learn a little bit of physics, you learn a little bit of math. So you're very able, and you're very intelligent, you've learned how to process large bits of information, and you know how life works. You know, whether you focused on fish or humans or viruses or whatever. So, um, one of the biggest things that I've kind of found is it's a good thing and a bad thing because there aren't a ton of great jobs out for bio because they're so easily fillable because so many people do bio because so many people enjoy it. I mean, I don't know about your school, but like a graduating class of bio people might be 10 or 20 or 30 at St. Francis versus chemistry might be like three, you know? Oh yeah. Like it, it's not as big. I mean, you go to, you go to Penn State and it's like, how many bio people do they have? Okay. They have like 800. How many chemistry? And then they have 300, you know? Like, it's, it's, it's a lot, it's very popular, and therefore I found the issue is there aren't a ton of great jobs available, but, I mean, it's like you said, you could get a job working in the field, excuse me, you know, you could get a job working in a zoo, working with animals, you could get a job in another country working with animals and their species and environment and everything, you could work in a lab, you could work in a school, if you want to teach, you could take up extra classes or get your certification and teach biology. <laughs> So, just with a basic degree in bio, you can really do anything you want related to biology. The issue is just how far you can go with that. So, you know, if you want to be an ecologist, it's fantastic. And if you want to be a microbiologist, that's fantastic. But with a bachelor's degree, you know, if you're working with viruses, you're not going to be able to publish anything. But if you want to be doing, like, hardcore research, be in charge of a lab, you definitely need to get, like, a master's or a Ph.D., 
Now, at that point, if you want to be, like, in charge of the lab, a PhD would probably be your best bet. Yeah, I mean, masters help, but, I mean, like, you know, you're right. But also, and something that I know you've said before, is if you get a job, a lot of times you can find an employer that will pay for you to get you a master's or PhD. So that's pretty nice. That'd and be really nice. It would be. And there's a lot of places that people that do, I know a lot of professors I know that do, they'll do their postdoc work somewhere. So they'll, you know, they'll go to small, some small no-name school and then they'll go to a big school like Penn State or Pitt or whatever for grad school. And then they'll do a postdoc at Cornell or Harvard or whatever. And then they'll return every few years whenever they get a sabbatical and, and you know, do more work in that lab. Or, and, like, that's pretty cool. So I'd say it's, it's really, like, if you don't really like school that much, it's probably good to get a job. If you really, really like school, you could consider a grad program. If you have tons and tons of money and, and don't really need a job, grad programs are nice. Um, I know sometimes grad programs aren't the most expensive because if you get the right program, it'll a lot of it will be paid by the work that you do. And I've heard people say that for different careers and grad programs, like if you pay, you're doing something wrong because there's so much money out there, it's unreal. So that's good to know. So yeah. So if you could do anything with biology, what would you do right now? Probably be a microbiologist with a CDC. Micro, would you get a PhD first, or would you work and get it eventually? I work and get it eventually. I don't want to go back full time. Even if I ever do go back, I don't want to do full time. So maybe you start like this summer, and they're like, "Hey, we'd like you to start taking classes this winter." Hypothetical. I'm not saying this will happen. You'd take like a class here and there. Yeah, I wouldn't mind taking a class here and there. I just don't want to go in four or five classes at once again. Yeah. That's just too much. Well, the nice thing about grad programs, and I've looked into a few of them recently, is they're very, very tailored towards what you're going to do. You know? Like, there aren't really gen eds for grad programs. It's more just, okay, these, there's these certain classes you have to take, like biology. You're probably going to have to take advanced genetics or genomics. You're probably going to have to take some upper-level organic chemistry course or biochemistry. And you're probably going to have to take, you know, some sort of micro course that's very high level. And then aside from that, you know, if you're going to be an ecologist and you can take, like, ecology five, six hundred, seven hundred levels or whatever, you know, and you're just learning about what you need to do. And then a lot of times it's just have class here and there and do the research to get your, your actual Ph.D., Which, again, is for some people, and some people might hate that. Yeah, it all depends on what you want, like you said. Yeah. And my personal goal with my biology is to hopefully get into medical school. And I can kind of speak towards both medical people and veterinarians. Um, it's not easy to get into, so that's why I try to have a lot of backup plans in, like, jobs or grad programs. But a degree in biology is good. I know people. some people say it's awful because it's like, oh, everybody has a degree in biology. It doesn't matter. It doesn't set you apart. When you really look at the numbers, you know, 60% of people getting in with a science degree have a biology degree or whatever. They're not really looking at them differently, you know? Like, I don't, I don't know if you've ever heard that whenever they're like, oh, differentiate yourself. Don't just be that extra bio person. Like, do something else. And it's like, well, if you don't really want to do something else, you don't have to. No, 
If you enjoy yeah. biology, just I mean, I just keep taking random biology courses. Exactly. You know? And you can be like, oh, well, I want... Maybe if I do psych, I med school will be more likely to take me. And it's like, okay, well, some schools maybe, some schools not. But it also depends on what you do. I mean, if you do psych because your school has an awesome psych program, and you work 50 hours a week working in lab, you know, worth lab rats, teaching them how to navigate through mazes in record times, yeah, you're probably going to get in. Because you have something to show for it. But if you go to a school and it's like, oh, I'm just going to do, uh, you know, anthropology because there's like one peop- one person that ever does it and they'll get in instantly and your anthropology program sucks and you don't learn much it's like it might not prepare you very well for your MCAT and your med school yeah so really you just gotta do your research and figure out what the best course of action to take what the best courses are to take exactly like what I what I would tell anybody you know three years into this situation is do whatever you want as a major if you love history but want to be a doctor, then do history and take enough classes to get your free medicine concentration. You know, a couple years, couple semesters of bio, some chemistry, some physics, you know, whatever your school slash your MCAT at the time requires, do it. Or your, you know, GRE or whatever your vet school requires. Because, you know, you need to do well. You need a high GPA, you need to have fun. You need to join clubs and be involved in all that because these schools look at that more than just like, okay, grad schools look at your research, undergraduate, you know, jobs look at, you know, your overall person. Like a medical school wants to see all this extra stuff, so does vet schools. So do something that makes you happy and do something that you know you can do well at. You know, if you sucked at high school chemistry and you hated every minute of it, don't be a chemistry major just because you think it's harder and it might look better for med school because then you do worse and it ends up being an awful experience. So, yeah. Does that pretty much cover what you can do with bio, do you think? Yeah, I think so. A hot thing that I've heard a lot recently is bioinformatics. If anybody's out there that likes computer science, wants to can do biology and computer science, or biology and software engineering or whatever, they need a lot of people out to process biological data sets. And I've heard of many professors at St. Francis tell me that that's hot, and that's what's good, and that's what you need to get into and all that. As well as genomics, there's always going to be jobs in genetics and genomics because we still don't know a lot about it. No, so you're not until, wrong. Until you can buy a CRISPR kit at your local pharmacy and, you know, edit your genes before you have a kid so that your kid has purple eyes, um, there's going to be more work to do. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. So... Moving on, you want to tell us what are some things we should do in college, Walter? Some things you should do in college? Yeah, so what are what are some things? I know we have a list here, but like, what are your things that you would recommend doing in college? As in, like, a ways to get help, or are we talking, like, extracurricular? Um, just anything in general. Just, like, what would you, like, if someone's like, what should I do? Like, should I join this? Should I talk to this? Like, what was your, like, list of suggestions for college I know we have a combined list here but what would you personally say I mean if you're talking about like joining things like organizations I know are probably a really good thing to get into different clubs and whatnot if you have the time mm-hmm. I'm sure that would help out I mean I've never joined any clubs or organizations or anything like that I just don't have the time I mean yeah you kind of have to, to gauge it you know if you work four days a week you're probably not going to have time for clubs um 
Likewise, if you want to join all the clubs, you're going to have to knock back work. I'd always recommend to people going into bio to try to do research. Because I started doing research for a couple different people. And it's very flexible, usually. Because, you know, it's not like you're in grad school where you have time constraints. If you do undergraduate research, a lot of times your professors will flat tell you, like, this is supposed to be outside of class and your studies come first, so don't worry about it. And if you have three finals on a day that you're supposed to work on your project and you, you tell them that, like, they're not going to care. But it's a really good way to spend some extra time in a lab, get experience, you know, work with people and professor hands-on. And, and that looks great for your job or for grad school or for med school or for vet school or whatever you want to do with your biology degree. As I have a couple different projects, I have some that are I have one that's like a combined biology and engineering one, and I've done stuff for chemistry, and I have some that are focused more towards cells, and it's like, it's, it's nice to have that, and I know I'll be able to talk about it someday to people. And it's fun. I like doing it. Probably something I should look into. I've never done any research. You should. You like doing that stuff, too. And, you know, you're not really necessarily doing anything groundbreaking as an undergraduate researcher, but... You know, you're reinforcing things that are already done. So if you look online and you know a cell line reacts funny to high sodium and you want to replicate it and maybe add UV light and see if it changes it, like that's research. And are you curing cancer? No, but you're doing something cool, you know, and you're adding to the scientific community. Well, definitely. I mean, it's definitely something yeah. I should probably look into. I mean, I'm in my final semester now, so it probably would help me. Yeah, if you could get on, like, the tail end of a research project, sometimes they'll just be like, you want to join this current project, we're almost done, and we need some help with the actual process, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing. It's like, talk to your professors, get to know them. Yeah, They'll definitely. help you out. Um, not everybody likes their advisor. You usually get assigned an advisor within the first week of college or so. Um, not everybody likes them. Not everybody will keep that one. A lot of times you'll get an advisor for... You know, mechanical engineering, and two weeks in, you'll realize, hey, I hate engineering, I want to be a, a psychologist, and you'll get a whole different one. So, but yeah, talk to them. And like Wally said, you know, talk to your professors. You know, if you have questions, see them after class. Most schools do may have mandatory or suggested office hours. And the biggest thing I've found is just email them. I mean, just if you have questions on your homework, it's due Monday, it's Friday. You see them all and say, hey, I have a couple questions when you get a minute. What's going on here, here, and here? And then they'll respond to you like the next day and be like, thanks for getting in contact with me. You know, uh, this is how you do it. And it'll make so much more sense if you talk to them. Oh, absolutely. I mean, pretty much yeah. my entire college career, I've just flown under the radar. Yeah, I've noticed. I'm not. In some ways, I'm kind of close to you. And in some ways, I'm not. Like, I, I still work and I still... Like, I'm not in, like, a ton of clubs. I don't live there or anything. But I've tried to do a little bit of involvement, but at the same time, like, it, it is hard sometimes because it's a lot to, to balance. Oh, definitely. So, it's like me, I just always just go to class, do my homework, mm -hmm. go home, and that's about it. I haven't, I honestly haven't really made any friends on campus. Yeah. Which would be a good thing to do, too, if you have the opportunity make some friends on campus. People who are either in the same majors you or even people who are different majors yeah i went to a local school 
So I knew some people going into it. And then as more people graduated that I heard, like, oh, they're going to St. Francis. I know them. I remember them when I was in school. Like, I'd meet them and just kind of add to, like, a little group. So, like, out of all the people that I, I hang out with on a daily basis, you know, there's only really, like, a few of them that I talked to that I didn't know before I went there. <laughs> which is kind of weird. And, like, most people that I talk to on campus are commuters, too. And I, I've noticed that. I'm like, I really don't, like, talk to many people that live here. Like, I talk to commuters. Like, either people I knew from high school or people that commute still. And I think it's just because you really end up in, like, the same boat kind of situation. You know, if you live on campus, you're going to have a roommate who you're going to hopefully like. You're going to have people that live in your same hall. You know, there'll be some dudes or gals next to you in the rooms. You know, you got to eat together somewhere. You know, you got to shower together somewhere. So you get really close really fast. And a lot of times it's also like you have no friends. You're in the middle of nowhere. You don't even have your parents to talk to or whoever you live with anymore. You have to or you're going to be alone, you know. But as a commuter, I found it so much more easy to just not do that stuff. It doesn't always pay off. Well, see, I, I lived on campus for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. But I never talked to my roommates. I would go and eat dinner alone. Mm-hmm. I we didn't. I lived in a what they called a suite. Yeah. So we didn't have. I didn't have to worry about communal showers. Our yeah. we had private showers in our rooms. That's kind of nice. Yes, I mean I just yeah I never never really I mean, just hung out with anybody. Yeah, to me it's like do what you're comfortable and what you want. You know, if you want, if you had an awkward high school time, you know, didn't talk to too many people, didn't make tons of friends, go to college, join clubs that you're interested in. You know, if you're like sciencey nerd things or sci-fi games or whatever, and no one in your high school did, you know, join join the D and D club or the, you know, Catan club or the video game club or whatever, and find your group, and you'll be surprised. As soon as you join a club or two, like you instantly make like a friend or two. And it also helps whenever you have small schools and like small classes because you're like okay I gotta sit next to this person you know for like the next you know 14 weeks I might as well talk to them you know so that kind of stuff helps too but like you don't have to I mean I know a lot of people that you know get up go to school come home that's it that's it they know like two people and that's that's it they're not there to make friends they're there to get a degree and then there's some people like you that are just like they're like, hey, you know, I'm here. I'm, you know, I'm not going to be antisocial, but like that's not really what I'm craving, you know? No, I mean I don't go out of my way. I mean I do talk to some people. There are some people on campus who know me, but they're yeah. not. It's not like people who I outside of campus I'll go hang out with or whatever. Yeah, and that's the thing too. I mean you can have study buddies or class buddies. You know, if you have three people that sit at your lab station when you're in lab and you have an exam coming up. You know, it's not a big deal to just be like, hey, you guys want to study tonight? And if you never see them again, okay. And you never know. You might go study with them, and they might end up being some of your best friends. But I, I've done a lot of thinking about, like, what you're saying. and You really just got to do with, do what you want. You know, do what you're comfortable with. If you're comfortable going to class every day and coming home and just, hey, you know, you have a girlfriend at home or you have your family or whatever and your friends from high school or whatever, college, great. If you want to make more, and you do it. So. Well, I agree 100%. Just yeah. do whatever's best for you. Make it it's your career. It's your college career. Do it. Do it feels right. 
Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with either way. I mean, if you feel that, you know, it's, it's totally, I hate to say it like this, but it's totally a choice. Like, if you feel like you have enough friends that you're happy in life, and you go to college and you're like, look, I just, I don't want to be bothered with drama. I don't want to be bothered with, you know, not doing schoolwork because I'm farting around or whatever. I just want to just be there. That's fine. And if you go to college and you're like, man, I wish I would have made more friends in high school. I was kind of awkward and didn't really go to the football games or dances or anything. Instantly just hang out with people. And it'll be fine. You know, either way. And if oh, you're having it also trouble depends with, if you're more introverted or extroverted too, though. Yeah. And if you're a natural introvert, it's like being alone, studying alone, doing things alone. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not a big study with, with friends kind of person. Like, I've done it, and I've had a lot of people that will ask me, and they'll be like, hey, what are you doing, like, tonight? Or, what are you doing the day before the exam? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, why? And they're like, do you want to study? And it's like, no. Because I won't learn anything. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's some people where I'm like, I get comfortable, and I'm like, do you want to study for the exam? Because I know we'll work together well. But there's sometimes where I've been like, I'll even, like, I'm like, look, I'll hang out and study until, like, three or four days before the exam, and then it's like, done because I need my own time I just don't learn that way no, that's understandable yeah I mean I, I do best whenever I'm sitting in my house going through the book going through questions and I get downstairs and walk around and ask myself questions on my phone or my flashcards or whatever that's what I do that's when I learn you know I spent a lot of my times for finals last year I'd go through the notes and then I would go in the back of the library on the bottom floor and walk through the stacks just asking myself questions. Like, completely alone. It's in the part of the library that you're not really supposed to talk or anything, and I was like, that's absolutely fine. I'm just going to go back here and walk around and just learn my stuff. So. So speaking of, like, yeah. note-taking, what what are some of your ways of you studying? Like, what are your best ways to study, would you say? Um... Do you mean, like, taking the notes in class or, like, after class studying? I mean, either way, really. Well, my personal system right now, I think that it totally depends on, on your class and, like, your learning style and what's also allowed to. If you... So, so I'll just go through mine. So, different classes require different things. Like, for organic, he doesn't have PowerPoints. It's just on the board. So, I just get a notebook and a pen and I just draw the shapes and write some notes here and there. And then I'll go home and, and read some of the book to get, like, the rest of it. For, like, biochemistry, um, it's really deep knowledge-based and organizational, as in what goes with what, what process does what. And you have to do a lot of drawing, too. So I get a big notebook, uh, a little wider than the average notebooks, and a pen. And I actually do your note system there, where I do... Like, number, letter, number, letter, number, letter, dot. So, like, you know, from the unit you're talking about all the way down to, like, the bullet points. So I do that hierarchy that you taught me, and I find that it really keeps it more organized. And I have some classes, like, I have immunology right now, and that one, it's not only an enjoyable class, but it's also a, a really dense knowledge class. So I take notes online for that. So I just open up my laptop, go on OneNote, and I just type away. And what other classes? Like physics is a good example. Um, he has us do like two separate notebooks. Like they have to be composition notebooks, like the bound books. 
One of them's for readings and one of them's for like class stuff. And if you don't have it and you don't use a pen, he freaks out. So that's kind of, I don't really have much of a choice there. <laughs> and I have one more class, neuroscience, and that one he gives us the slides. So I print the slides out ahead of time, and I'll put like two slides on a page or whatever, and I'll go through as he's talking, and I'll highlight stuff and make little notes in the margins. And that's kind of my system. So I basically have a different system for every class. Ain't which is a good, yeah. Which I mean, yeah. I would rather be able to just take everything like your system, but it's not feasible for every class because some professors, you know, if it's a very drawing intense class, then you got to adjust to that. So that's kind of my system. And then lately this semester, what I've been doing is I actually use Anki, which is a flashcard software. And you know, every two days or week or whatever, I'll just go through and I'll take all my stuff from my notes and put it into Anki and make flashcards. And then I just have rolling flashcard decks for this is exam one, spring 2020. And I'll just go through now and again and study it. And I hope by the time I have an exam, it's a lot easier than cramming. So that's my system. Um, what's your system? Uh, I pretty much do the same thing for every single class. You do your own, the Walter system, we call it? Yeah, because to me, it's, it's, for me, it's easy to follow because you have, like, your first bullet point. Mm -hmm. And then, say, it's, like, the cell. Mm -hmm. And then you skip down one, you indent it, and then you have organelles. And then skip down one, indent it again, and then you have ribosomes. Skip down one, indent it, what does a ribosome do? Mm -hmm. And then you go out, back to the next one, like... Stuff like that. So to me, it's, it's just an easy way to follow because you're like, okay, cell, organelles, here we go. And then cell pathways or cell. So for me, for pretty much every class I take, I manage to make it work. And it's just easier for me to follow. I mean, I just see the headline. Mm -hmm. This is what this section's about right here. If I don't want that, I skip down the next section. See, I never really did that. I didn't totally like it in high school. And whenever I started college, I'm like, writing all these letters and stuff such a waste of time. Like, I'll just use dashes and bullet points. And eventually, like, it's just a mess. And you don't know where this dash belonged. And then you go to the next page, and you have really no idea what you're doing. So when you told me about that last semester, I tried it for, like, my last genetics class. And I'm like, this is awesome. So what I do, which is I think what you told me, is you do a Roman numeral, and then you do capital letter. And then you do number and then you do lowercase letter and then you do lowercase roman numerals and then you can switch to like a dash or a dot or whatever you like is that what you do yep and then after like mm -hmm. if you, even, so most times you won't go farther than like the dash or the dot but if you do you can just Something keep like coming up with new things put a triangle put a square whatever yeah like i i find that i mean i get usually i get to the small roman numerals and that's it and it's, it's a little bit of a learning curve, and it's a little bit of a stressor curve, because you have to get used to, like, paying attention instead of just writing a dash and then writing whatever you see on the board. But it also makes you think of where things belong, because sometimes professors will have a slide with six bits of information about the mitochondria on it, and none of it's indented, but you don't realize that. So it's not six separate facts. It's two, you know? Like, they're talking about you know, respiration, and, like, the physiology. So that's two separate things. It's function and, and physiology. It's not six separate things. 
So you can split it into two, like, you know, number one and number two, and then you can go with letters below that explaining what each one of them does. So then it's like, oh, okay, this is so much easier. And in a way, it'll also help you associate things. Yeah, Because as right, you're writing, right. you're like mitochondria, and then, you know, respiration. And in your, mm -hmm. in your mind, you're like, hey, this belongs with this. This, uh, this explains this. And then... Yeah. And it just, it builds it out. And I actually do, it's funny, because whenever I do notes, I'm pulling them up right now, in my immunology class, I do the same thing, basically. So I write the topic. As, I mean, the topic's like whatever we're talking about. Like, here's the adaptive immune system. And then I'll write whatever the purse, like the thing she's talking about at the current thing, I'll make it like a big header. So like here's like, you know, secondary lymphoid organs. And then I actually go like 1A, and I, I just click the automatic one, it does it, but it does the same thing for me. So even whenever I'm taking notes on the computer, I still use basically the same system. Yeah, it's pretty much, I think it's like an outline system. Yeah. And, and, I mean, I can change this right now. I can highlight everything, and I can change it to bullet points. But then it's like, okay, so the first one's a, a dot. The second two are smaller dots, or three. And then the third one's a circle. And then if I go down from that, okay, we're to a square. And then from there, we're to a, an open square. And then from there, we're to a diamond. And then we're probably to an open diamond. And now we're to a triangle. And it's like, this is, I don't like it. I like the letters because I can associate that with things, you know? Oh, absolutely. Like yeah, like, I understand that a, you know, A is below a 1, not that a square is below a square or whatever. Now I have to go through and undo all this crap. <laughs> but yeah, but I, I mean, find if that... It, if you have a class where you can actually, it, it works out like that, it's a good way. Even just give it a shot and see if, you might be surprised, maybe it'll work for you. Exactly. And the biggest, biggest thing with notes is no matter how you take it, you have to do organization. And even with, you know, notebook, if you want to use graph, plain, fancy moleskin, regular lined, wide, whatever, you know, they're all work. Like, they all work. Because the goal is to write down what you need to know. And same thing with online. Like, if you want to use OneNote or Notion or Evernote or some random note app that you have on your phone that you can get on your computer, or if you have an iPad and you want to do one of the nice ones that you can, like, notability that you can draw on your iPad, fantastic like those digital ways are awesome too and if you have the funding for a larger ipad that has you know you can get the apple pencil do it you know or a surface or a samsung tablet because professors a lot of times that have issues with laptops won't have issues with a tablet if you take notes on it so that's helpful you save trees you save paper you don't have to buy new notebooks every semester you just hit a button so there's a lot of advantages and disadvantages to each Oh yeah, see, man. The only thing I've ever done is handwritten notes, but I, yeah. I don't, I don't care if it's a binded notebook or a com composition. I usually just go to Walmart, whichever one's the cheapest. I'll pick those up. Yeah, but I usually the, do the same. Oh yeah, the pencils I use have to be graphite, Ticonderoga number two pencils. <laughs> see, that's where my issue is because I never take notes in pencil. I hate writing in pencil. Oh, see, I hate writing in pen because I make a mistake, I can't erase it. I'm not going to lie to you. Since writing in pen since high school, I, I make significantly less mistakes. Yeah? Yeah, because I remember whenever we used to write notes in school, I'd have like two or three mistakes a page sometimes, and now maybe once every like page or two sometimes. Like I'll do an entire page of notes, and then I'll do another one, and I'll do another one, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we've been here an hour, and I haven't made a single mistake. <laughs> my brain is just so much more relaxed now that I'm so used to it. And I also don't care anymore. I can just scratch it out, you know?
Oh, yeah. I mean, I just... I've always used pencils, but it has to be Ticonderoga. I won't use anything else. See, I do understand that, because I like very specific lead pencils, and if I do use a pencil, I like Ticonderoga, too, because they're nice. They're they're more expensive, but they don't break as easily. They sharpen really nicely. Like, I mean, I carry a sharpener yeah. in my backpack. Yeah, and it's, that's all you need. Oh, but, yeah. I mean, each one has its disadvantages. I mean, taking notes on paper is cheap, and you will always be allowed to do it, no matter what your professor says. You know, no one is ever going to be like, put your notebook away, get a laptop out. They're going to say, you know, you can take it. <laughs> and you can draw. So if, if they say, draw this bacteriophage or draw this chemical reaction out, it's a lot easier than, all right, here, how do I do an exponent in the word? Or, you know, how do I do a, you know, make an equation? Like, it's so much easier to just draw. The only issue is it's time-consuming, it's a lot messier, and it's a lot slower in class. Like, it's not, like, time-consuming as in, like, okay, you got to, you know, make all this look good, but it's also, like, hey, the slide's gone and you didn't get it all done if you're a slow writer. That's but true. You do, yeah, but you also retain more when you write. Some people do that. But if you put it on the computer, you might have issues with your professor with it. You are going to have issues with pictures and stuff, but you can search online. So if, you know, instead of copying down that diagram that they're making everybody copy down, you might be able to just copy and paste it from the internet. Um, super fast. Lots of editing things. You can make things different colors without having eight different pens or pencils and stuff. And if you want to make flashcards or whatever, you can just copy and paste it sometimes or, you know, use software on there instead of having to retype it into Quizlet or Anki or whatever you want to use. And then, you know, using an iPad or something, that has a high cost up front because not everybody has an iPad or a Samsung tablet or whatever. And if you do have one, you may not have a pencil. And if you do have one and you have a pencil, you might not have a decent note app, so you might have to pay 10 bucks for that. But then it's kind of like the best of both worlds. So, but you have to charge an iPad, you have to charge a laptop, you don't have to charge a pencil. <laughs> Not yet. No. So, it's really just like what's available, what's good, um, what do you have? I mean, if your laptop sucks and you don't feel like buying a new one because you'd rather buy a new Xbox, just buy a notebook, you know? <laughs> Oh, yeah, and plus, I mean, ultimately, whether you're taking handwritten notes, pen, pencil, or you're using an, a tablet a ta or on a laptop, mm -hmm. no matter what you're using, the best advice is just make sure you're taking notes. Because you yes, can sit there in class and just <clears> listen <throat> to them all day, but that's not going to help you. No. I agree, and, and make sure you take, and I'm very guilty of this, good notes, make it different. You know, do not copy word for word. Unless it's a quote that you have to know, or something that's super, super complicated and you don't know how. You know, if they're explaining, like, the electron density of, you know, a salt particle, you know, okay, I get it. You may not know how to put that in your own words. But if you're talking about stuff that you sort of understand, try to adjust it. You know, if they wrote a sentence on the board, put uh, three words down, you know. You know, instead of writing the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell, write mitochondria equals powerhouse. That's it. You know? Take oh, quick definitely. and easy notes instead of killing yourself with notes. See, I kill myself. And you what? I kill myself with notes. You, you write word for word. It, it bothers me if my if if everything's not. It like that's why I use a pencil. Because if I'm yeah. writing and the word doesn't look right, I'll erase it and rewrite the dang word. Man, Otherwise, I feel like it I've bothers been that crazy. me. 
I can be that crazy sometimes too. With Penny, you have less freedom to fix it, though, obviously. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, like you said, a lot of times doing, like, shorthand notes will help you a lot. Like, you don't have to write it all out. That's just my preference, like, I guess. Yeah, and, and you also have to be careful, too, because I have taken shorthand notes where I shorthand it too much, and then I'm like, what does this mean? You know? So oh, definitely. Is mitochondria Greek for powerhouse, or is it the powerhouse of the cell? Or is it just some random analogy, you know? Like, you, you do need to make sure you know have some context in your mind, at least. Um, but yeah, one of the biggest things that I've found, too, and I've watched a lot of YouTube videos about this recently, is active recall and spaced repetition are key for learning. Have you ever heard of these things? Uh, I, I know active recall, and mm -hmm. spaced recognition sounds familiar, but I'm not sure as to what that is. So all of like the productivity gurus on YouTube and in life tout these articles that say this. They'll read the education and it, and it gets backed by science. But active recall is basically don't go through your notes that you wrote down in your notebook or in your iPad or whatever and just say, yep, this is good, I know it, I know it, I know it. You have to actively pull it from your mind. So that's flashcards, making questions, you know, Seeing if you, you know, if you need to know the structure of an amino acid, put the book down, wait five minutes, and make sure you can do it on the board. You know? It's actually doing it instead of just saying, oh, I know it. Yep, this is good. I read through it. Like, this is actually proving that you know it. And you'd be surprised. If you go through an entire chapter and think, yep, I know this, and then you read the questions at the end, you won't know a single one of them. You have to pull it out of your mind. You have to work through it. And that's one of the biggest things that I'm guilty of, because I'll go through an exam, and I'm like, oh, I have two days to study now. I know this, I know this, I know this. And I get to the exam, and I'm like, what was it? Was it this or this? <laughs> but if I would have made flashcards for it, I would have known it. And also, study in smaller increments, like 15, 20 minutes, and take a half oh, an yes. hour break, come back, maybe another 10, 15 minutes. Like, if you just sit there and study for hours on end, you're not going to retain it as well, and you're just going to drive yourself crazy. Yeah, you'll get burnout and tired and eat too don't starve yourself don't i'm not saying you got to get up every 10 minutes and get yourself a kickstart or a coffee or whatever but make sure you have drinks and stuff too you know if you can just drink water or you know like something that has some decent decent nutrients to it try not to become a coffee drinker or a pepsi drinker or whatever that just to get through the night of the day but i mean it's kind of unavoidable at some point I mean, oh, yeah. people people go to grad school or whatever, and they get addicted to, like, Adderall and things. It's like, well, yeah, coffee's better than Adderall. <laughs> I mean, unless you need it, that is. If you're prescribed Adderall, take it. But yeah, people that just get it on the black market because they like it, you know, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad study thing. before bed, too. Yeah. If you study before you it. go to sleep, yep, you're, when you go to sleep, you're, you'll retain it better. I've done that a lot, but sometimes, I'm not going to lie, it doesn't go as way as planned. Because no. sometimes you fall asleep a little prematurely. And don't don't stay up all night studying either. No. That's dumb. I know a lot of yeah. people I used to work with at McDonald's did that. They'd pull all-nighters to study for an exam. And I tell you what, I've been in college for, like, I guess it's just, it'll be five years for me to get my bachelor's. But uh -huh. I have never once pulled an all-nighter to study. And I'm no, still passing. I've, I've stayed up. But I've never, like, stayed up the whole night. Oh, yeah, because if you're extremely tired and you go in to take an exam, you're going to do a lot worse. Oh, yeah. Because your brain's going to be on 
power down mode, time yeah, to sleep worst, mode. The worst I ever was is I think I stayed up before like until like 5 a.m. for a final one day. But that was my first year, and I didn't care, and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, and it was just poor decision. But I will stay up late to get work done. Like if I have an assignment due, get home from work, get home from school, and I'm like, okay, it'll take an hour. It takes three. That happens, you know. It's like, well, and usually you can either make a decision. Sometimes it's better to say, okay, it's 11 o'clock. I'm going to work on it until 12. I'm going to sleep until 7, and I'll do it before class. As long as you can get yourself up, that is. Some people have that issue. Oh, yeah, and also, it like when you're in college, don't go dr out drinking every single night, or you're going to fail no. out real quick. There'll be plenty of time yeah. to drink in the summer, on the weekends, whatever. Yeah, if you want to have fun once in, you know, once a week, you know, maybe once a month to go to the bar or whatever, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, no, obviously, I mean, definitely enjoy yeah. yourself while you're in college, but don't make don't sure you're still putting your studies school. first. Yeah. The second portion of that, though, before we get too, too far off that, is space recognition. And oh, yeah. That I forgot one, we were talking about that. <laughs> I didn't get to finish <laughs> that second part, which is, they have to go together, that's why I was like, <laughs> but nothing we said in between wasn't relevant. Um, space recognition is basically saying you need to do it over time because here's the thing if you learn how to do something once and you're tested on it you'll forget instantly like as soon as you don't need to know it anymore your brain won't waste its time memorizing something that you only need to know once you know if you need to memorize a code to type in your phone that you know gets you a, like a two factor authentication or whatever you will memorize it type it in your phone and then you'll forget it Space recognition basically uses that idea and just solidifies it. So if I go over and I do 10 minutes of organic chemistry today, and I do 10 minutes tomorrow, and then I wait two days and I do 10 more minutes, your brain starts to realize, hey, these questions, he uses them like five times a week. We need to know this, like all the time. So your brain starts to prioritize it. Excuse me. And a good way to do it is using those Anki cards that I mentioned that I use because it has software that will do that. So it's active recall, and then you make the flashcards, and you ask you questions. And space, does it, it spaces it over time. So let's just say you make a card, and you know it. Know it. it. It'll ask you tomorrow, and then you know it again. Okay, it'll ask you three days from now. Okay, you know it. Boom, it'll ask you ten days from now. It just gets longer and longer to prove that you know it, but it makes it so that your brain still knows that it has to keep it. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I actually did know that. Pretty much the whole thing: if you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah, you're right. But I didn't know. I didn't know there was a specific term for that. Yeah, space recognition, and it's really good. There's other ways you can do it, and if you're disciplined, you can do it yourself. But Anki is a really good way to do it because if you learn how to use Anki, it has a bit of a learning curve. You can set that all up. Like I have different deck settings. Like if I have a giant deck that I'm using for MCAT studying or whatever, it's. All right, well, this card can get thrown into a month because I'll be studying for the next three months. But I have, like, one deck that I use for school, and it's like, all right, don't show me cards longer than five days apart because my exam may be five days from now or ten days from now. So I want to make sure I know it. But likewise, you know, if I answer it and I say, I have no idea, I got this wrong, it'll ask me again in a minute. And then if I get it wrong again, it'll ask me again in another minute. And then if I get it right, it'll say, okay, well, how about three minutes? I get it right again, okay, how about five minutes? I get it right again, how about ten minutes? I'm like, I got it. I got it three times now. And then I'll be like, all right, I'm asking you again tomorrow. <laughs> like it, it does it itself, so you don't have to. And it's really annoying. And if you 
but you have to answer it honestly. And if you do it honestly, it will it teaches you amazing things. I mean, it's extremely it's the most powerful piece of software that I've ever used for what it does. Like there's it's insane. So would totally recommend that for anybody. Download Anki, learn how to use it, watch a couple YouTube videos, and it'll change your life because it, it's very good stuff. And Quizlet's good too. Quizlet's pretty basic. You ever use that? I only ever use it to go on and find answers to my questions. That helps. But Quizlet for actually studying, like it's it's better looking than Anki, and it's like easier, and you can search other people's decks, which is nice. So if you need to know what the amino acids look like, you can just find somebody else's deck that already did it and just search amino acids and you'll get it. Um, so that's nice about Quizlet, but Quizlet to me is just, I don't like it as much. It's harder to use. I, I'm more of an Anki person, so give Anki a try, I'd recommend. It's free, so. Quizlet <laughs> you have to pay for if you want to use images and crap. Yeah, I don't want that. So yeah. Okay, so what else? Um, we kind of hit everything so far. Um, you just want to talk about some miscellaneous things in the last five, ten minutes or so, and then we'll finish up the episode? Absolutely. Okay, so we're nearing about the about the hour mark right now, so probably another five or ten minutes for miscellaneous stuff so people don't get too off in the rabbit hole. <laughs> So, I guess we can just split this up if you want. My miscellaneous things were just learn time management. And, you know, if you have to use, you know, Google Calendar or Apple Calendar or a planner or to-do lists or write on your hand, you know, whatever you have to do to get stuff done and to make sure that you have enough time to eat and live and all that, just do it. And this isn't really something that, you know, you can say this is how you should do it. You really have to, you can have tips and you can have ideas, but you really need to figure this out yourself. I mean, it took me a long time at the beginning of college to get into this, and I still suck at it to a degree. I still don't always make enough time to study or make enough time to have a little bit of fun and stuff runs together. So, so constantly be working on time management. And the only other thing really is just don't let your degree or whatever you're trying to do in life stop you from advancing other aspects of your life. You know, if you are starting college and you've always wanted to learn how to play the piano or the guitar or something, still do it. You know, if you decided not to be a track and field runner for your school and you just decided not to do, you know, D1 or D2 or D3 or whatever athletes, athletics, you can still run. Um, you know, still go for a run, you know, go to the gym if you want, you know, make time to hang out with friends, you know, when you come home, set up some groups and have game night with your friends or family or whatever, like, make sure that you don't forget about the other aspects of your life, because I do that a lot, and it's like, oh, you know, it's Saturday night, what are we doing, and it's like, well, I'm doing chemistry, and it's like, <laughs> couldn't have done that, done that, got that done yesterday, you were farting around all day long, you could have got that done yesterday, and tonight we're doing something fun, you know, like, Plus, you get burnt out, you know? Oh, you learned you that firsthand. Watch... What's that? I said you learned that firsthand. Tell me about it. <laughs> and it's like, and you don't always have to get burnt out to just chill, too. I mean, if you want to watch Hulu and stuff an hour a day, do it, you know, if you can if you can swing it. And like me, I noticed that, you know, whenever I dropped the double major last week, you know, not only am I less pressed on assignments, 
I also can study for my MCATs now. I mean, I've put probably two or three hours into studying for the MCAT this week. If I had all those extra labs, I would have put ten minutes into it, you know? If that. Wow. So really prioritize your time and your efforts, and you can get the most out of it. So that's my biggest thing. Time management, and make sure you still have fun. You know, you want to learn a hobby in college, do it. You want to join clubs, do it. You know, you want to learn how to play a flute, do it. You want to play video games, do it. Like You want to play video games, do it. You want to binge watch Netflix, do it. You know, it does not matter. Do something that makes you happy. You know, always have some... You want to go out and take pictures in the middle of nowhere three times a week? Do it. Make time for things that make you happy because you'll get more done in school if you're happier. Absolutely. And remember, C's get degrees. I knew you were going to say something about that one. I added to it a little bit. <laughs> well, yeah, A's and B's are definitely important. And A's and B's are definitely what to strive for. Yes. But if you get a C in a hard class, don't beat yourself up over it. It's not the end of the world. No, don't. I mean, it happens. It happens to all of us. I mean, there's some people that float through with a four zero, and there's some people that float through with a two zero. You know, it's graduating is graduating. Exactly. Now, you know, of if course, if you're trying to get into med school, that's a little different. But, but I mean, it's still not. You know, I mean, I got. A, I ended up with a C last semester. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm such an idiot, I'm never getting into med school. And I looked at it, and I'm like, well, it's one class. It's a hard class. I'll bounce back next semester. Um, my GP It didn't kill my overall GPA. And what's the big deal, you know? Like, if my one C on my transcript for all of my college career doesn't get me into med school, then there's something else wrong with me, you know? Something wrong with the med schools. Well, that too, but like... It isn't. It doesn't mean that I. Oh, you got one C, so we can't let you in. No, it's like you got one C. Your extracurriculars aren't enough. You sucked on this. You know, it's not gonna be that. You know. And plus, it use that as an inspiration to do better. You know, like I I haven't been so fired up about doing better in my classes since you know because I got that. And it's like okay, I got an A, A minus, B plus, B B minus, whatever. You know, I can float through this. GPA is high, whatever. You get a C. It's like it's really a wake up call sometimes to like if you're not aiming for that but at the same time if you don't need to get into a school like that or you want to get into grad school a lot of grad schools require three o's so that's a b in every class you know oh yeah that wouldn't be bad so right now you wanted to get into a good grad school uh get an a in one class get two b's and get a c your gpa will be a three o like that's not hard <laughs> you know? Nope. So, yeah. Time and effort. I mean, me, personally, I strive for A's and B's, but I'm perfectly content with C's. Yep. I At this point, I just want to graduate. If I got a C in every single class this semester, I'd be ecstatic. Because that would mean, yeah. you know what? I get to graduate. Yeah, that's all that matters. D's and F's don't transfer, don't count, don't do it. <laughs> Now, like, you can get a D and still pass. Yeah, but... sometimes you have to move your classes around, though, or retake. I mean, I got a D in Calc because I didn't care and I didn't know anything and I had no idea what was going on. And I retook it and I got an A. So, it's life, you know? Well, definitely. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just, you're at a bad place at a bad time. And don't be afraid to get help, too. Because if you're 
looking like you have a C in your class and you go talk to a professor, who knows? If you go bug them in their office like three times and they see, wow, you really care, they might give you some bonus points on your exam, you know? Exactly. I've had that happen. I mean, I, I thought I was looking in a D range for organic and I went to his office. And he's like, you're in a comfortable C range. He's like, do well on the exam, you might get a B. The final was pretty rough. But still, it's like, hey, you know, I went, I put the effort in. So if I would have got literally like a 40% on that, it could have brought me down to a D range, but he wasn't going to give it to me then, you know, because he knows I care. And, you know, you tell him, hey, I'm trying, help, can you explain this? They understand that stuff sometimes, you know. Not every professor will. Sometimes you go there office eight days a week and they'll still fail you. But it helps if they show, if you get, at least show that you're interested enough to learn it, because then that's enough for some people. Oh, exactly. It shows that you're interested in doing better and you're interested in trying. Yeah, and it's like, okay, so maybe you didn't, maybe you got a B when you really deserved a C, but if you went to their office and asked them and talked to them about it and said, hey, I really need a B, like, my GPA is really low, like, what can you do? And they say, all right, this is what you have to do, do your best, and they still give you a B even though you deserved a C, then at least they're like, you know what, it'll help him in his life because he'll do that, you know, he or she'll do that. You know, if they do get into school or if they do get a job, then I believe that they will be able to ask their boss or ask someone else for help to learn it instead of just saying, screw it, you know? Because if you try to get help once and it shoots you down, you may never ask again. And that's not good. Exactly. And nobody wants to hire somebody that thinks they know everything. Nope, because you'll never know everything. Exactly. Alright. Anything else? No, I think we about covered it. There was a lot of blathering on on both of our parts, but I hope it was pretty interesting for people. Hopefully. But... So this is the end of our two-part biology college series, mini-series. Excuse me. So next week we'll be back with biology topics, because I know we're going to recenter on biology. Is that right? Yes, sir. So we're going to take a break from the particle physics for a little bit. You know, that stuff is still extremely fascinating. It is. I love it. But not, not something I'd get to... a college for, though. Way too difficult. Yeah, I feel you. I would, I'd love to do that, like, someday, but that's after I figure out what, who I am and why I live and all that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let somebody so, else do all the research, and I'll just read what they can find. Hey, that works, too. You're still learning. Exactly. See, so yeah, we'll be back next week with some biology-centered topics that we have yet to decide on. Um, we will continue with the Universe Multiverse series um, eventually. Yeah, maybe throughout and the weeks we can just get some notes taken for it. That way when we do catch up on those, we're ready and we have some profound knowledge. Yeah, I agree. Because we're not physicists, so we definitely have to add to our knowledge base for that. Oh, yeah. Um, it's it's That this stuff doesn't come easy to anybody. Even physicists <laughs> will tell you like they had to rack their brain for hours and hours on end, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. So we're definitely going to focus on bio for now because that's what we're both doing. Uh, we hope this series is helpful for people. Um, we, we both kind of come from different college backgrounds, plans, experiences, ideologies. So hopefully that helped because, you know, we have a lot of similarities and we have a lot of differences too. So I hope that helped people, like, see that there's a lot of different ways to do things out there. 
So yeah. Absolutely. I think that's just about it for the week. I think we're pretty good. Remember, you matter. Don't you die. Matter. And plants suck. Yeah. Plants suck. I'm glad you remember that because I could never remember that every week. <laughs> <laughs> Still don't remember exactly how they started, but plants do suck. Uh, that was probably on like week eight or something. Like that was a long time ago. Because then we do an episode on plants, and we're like, we're never gonna talk about them again. <laughs> yeah. And then after that, we did something on, like physics, and then we're like, you matter, and it's like, okay, we're talking about matter. <laughs> and then I don't remember the don't, don't die. die. Yeah. I don't remember that one. I don't remember what it was about. Yeah. Go back and listen in the archives. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. Somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know where it came from. You're right. All right. Well, thank you for joining me, Walter, and for listening to my spiels. Absolutely, sir. Thank you. All right, and have a great week. Good luck on your second week. Yep, good luck. Are you going into your third week? This will be my third week, yeah. Well, good luck with that. Well, thank you, and um, enjoy your last semester. Oh, absolutely. I just, uh, one more thing real quick. Um, uh-huh. My chemistry lab today, so Rachel and I are going to Texas in March. Ah, yes. Okay. And so the one Friday, which we have lab, I wouldn't be here. So I was going to let him know about it, but then he was going over the syllabus, and he's like, on this Friday, which is the Friday I won't be here, he's like, there's mm-hmm. a chemistry expedition, or, I don't know, that's not the word, whatever, there's a chemistry chemistry something, and he's okay. like, so we're not going to yeah. have class because I'm going to it. And I was like, hey. It's like, works awesome. out. Right? That's totally awesome. Worked out in my favor. Look at that, you don't even have to ask, you don't even have to tell him. Nope, I don't have to reschedule lab or anything, I'm good. Canceled nice. it for me. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> See, things work out sometimes. Exactly. But yes, anyway, I think All it's right. time for bed. I agree, I'm tired. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for joining me, and have a great week. Oh, you too, sir. All right, farewell. Bye.